Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Welcome back. Today I'm sharing the second part of my interview with Danny Delgado. And today we are talking about family book clubs, which is so fun how he describes what he does at his school. I have been inspired. I mentioned it at the end of the last episode of how I want to incorporate this into my daughter's life and how I'm hoping to do a little bit of it at my own book club. Some of the the activities that he does in the book club sound so fun. And we also talk about books for boys, and he has a wealth of recommendations for books for boys, something I feel like I am lacking in, and his resources are phenomenal. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. It was so fun to talk with Danny, and I just can't wait for you to hear the rest of the conversation. And just one quick note before I share that, I have promised a book list on the website, which I have not done. And I apologize for that, but I will do my best to get it up by the end of the week. And now on to the episode. I want to talk about family book clubs for a minute because you talked recently about the family book clubs you facilitate at work, which I think is amazing. I'd love for you to share with the listeners more about them because they just sound delightful. Do you have any tips for families who want to incorporate this into their own family culture? I know that's a lot kind of a crossover with the read aloud questions, but yeah, I didn't know like uh, with discussions that can come from a book club, it's just a little bit different. So I didn't know what your tips were. Read Aloud Revival, Sarah McKenzie had a podcast and she hosted the authors of a book called Deconstructing Penguins. Gladstone, I think Nancy and, and uh, her husband, uh, Lawrence, do you, you got it? Are you are you about to reach over and pull out the cover? I don't know if you're about to like the show. No, I didn't. I'm giving my little girl paper. <laughs> oh, oh, you're good. You're good. But I, so I have it coming in from the library and I was so excited about it. It was going to get here before the podcast. We recorded the podcast, but I had yeah. it sent to the wrong library. <laughs> So I'm waiting for it to be sent, but I'm so excited to read it. So yes, I have, it's on, it is on in route. So Nancy and Lawrence, I think Goldstone, I can't remember the last name, but they wrote Deconstructing Penguins. It's about basically like reading children and developing a, a, a culture of reading, but they basically map out chapter by chapter what a parent child book club could look like. And so Sarah McKenzie on her podcast interviewed her and I was just like, that's my jam. I'm doing that like tomorrow. And so this was back before I was even in the library. I was just in the classroom. And this is all additional stuff. Like I wasn't being asked or tapped like, hey, would you be interested? No, I was just like, yo, another way to get kids and families excited about reading? Sign me up. So basically what I would do is, is I would research different book titles, you know, especially ones that I'm particularly passionate about. I would research, read through books, and then I would get families and parents at our school to like, you know, sign up for a link. We promote it. We would do something on our newsletter, the weekly newsletter from our school and say, hey, we're going to have parent-child book club. And it's called Undercover Book Club. I mean, undercover. Is that not, that's, I think that's I. I think that's pretty good. I I love that. I love (laughs) that. And the reason why well, the reason why we called it undercover was because the way that the uh, authors in Deconstructing Penguins talk about books is 
they talk about how, yes, you have books that are mysteries that belong in the mystery genre. But when you really kind of think about it, one way to think about books is every book is a mystery because you don't know how the book is going to end. You might, even if it's fiction or nonfiction, fiction books, you have characters, they have a problem and how they solve it is kind of the mystery of the book. And so the way I kind of executed it was we would, uh, we would assign the books to, to the different groups. I would have like groups and I would never have a group larger than eight kids and their parents. I thought that, I mean, even eight's kind of stretching it. I thought the wheelhouse, yeah, that's the sweet, great. Spot, sweet spot would be between four to six kids plus parents. So we would say, Hey, here's the book. Like, this past this past semester, we read a Rover's story. Oh my goodness! Oh. Which I want to read because you told me when we saw each other at the Ooh. story shop about it, and Ooh. I'm just dying to read it. Ooh, a Rover story. So, um, anyway, I signed the book, and then I signed it about a month and a half or two weeks, or a month and a half or two months before we actually get together. We don't do a weekly meetup, you know, because that's it was just a lot, you know, for, especially for families at our school that are involved in a lot of extracurriculars. So when we would have our meetup, in the past, what we did, not this past spring, but before that, we would do host families. And these host families would, would basically be responsible with, with, with having like refreshments, any decorations they wanted. Them. And they didn't have to, they didn't want to, you know, they could, they could have it as simple or as complex as they wanted, but they'd had refreshments that were related somehow to the book for the book club. And then the other families would come, the, the parent plus their child. And before they came, I had told them, you have a month, month and a half, two months you ideally you need to read the book together like i think you get the most out of the experience if you read it together but if you don't read it together the parent is responsible and expected to also read the book because we're gonna have a book discussion and we want the parent and the child to contribute to the discussion because they have different perspectives and different viewpoints of what they read because not every reader is the same you know when they're reading a book Mm -hmm. so they all come together. We The first thing was we kind of eat for a little bit, 15, 20 minutes, kind of mingle and mix and just enjoy some food. The host family would have a guest who is also passionate about reading. I don't care if it's their principal from another school. I don't care if it's a grandparent. I don't care if it's a local. Um, one year we had a, a former football player from the University of Georgia come be a read aloud. Read, and we just call them basically their read aloud advocates. This. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. advocates. They would come and read like a picture book that they enjoyed. And then after that, we'd take a picture with them. We would break for a minute, come back, and then we would do our book swap. Every child and parent was responsible to bring a book in gently used or like new condition that they had read. Don't bring me a book that your neighbor told me about that they said was right. a really good book. Yeah. You bring me a book that you've read before and that you enjoy, that you recommend. We would put – and all, all the kids would put their book and the parent would put their book. put all their books on a table. We would draw numbers, and we would go in order, and we would basically grab a book that we were interested in. Before we would swap, each child and each parent would do a quick mini commercial where they would say, here's my book. This book is called The Enchanted Hour by Megan Cox Gurdon, and here's why it should be the next book that you read. And then like we would just basically go through like a minute or so, everybody kind of talking about why they brought their book and what just makes it – why should anyone make it the next book that they read? So once everybody got through with, with describing and pitching their book, we draw numbers. And in the order of those numbers, we would pick the books. I, I learned that you need to have several books left at the end. Like don't have just one book enough or one book because, well, what ended up happening is you would have like a parent at the end. They would be getting like, right. you know, a book that they may not be excited about. So this past semester, you know, I learned in this. So I, I had like plenty of books to make sure that there was enough options for people but um the book swap was always a hit and then after the book swap we would go into our reading discussion you can do it like the book deconstructing penguins they have a great way to map out 
and really teach people what a reading journey like looks like from a literary standpoint. You know, talking about the denouement and the, and, and the climax and the conflict. Yeah. And it, it goes through it all. Me, I kind of tailored it to how it looks in our, in our scenario. I might have some quotes from the book. I might have questions like, who is your favorite minor character? Which part of the book would you change if you, if you had to, if you had to write an extra chapter to the book, what would you like to have been, been written by the author? So Deconstructing Penguins, to me, has, has made, I would highly recommend for anyone who's interested in, you know, launching into a parent-child book club. It's an experience like none other because you would be, you would be really stunned, but also delightfully surprised by some of, of the comments, of the insights that the kids have. And then also them listening to their parents. So it's 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 a one of a kind of experience. And it it the most important thing, it cultivates and promotes a culture of reading. I am gonna do this when my little girl gets a little bit older and I'm gonna do this yeah. with her friends. <laughs> yes. I like my friends and her friends, I'm I'm totally doing this. This sounds so fun. I love the idea of the book swap. I didn't know that that's what you were gonna say that you you did. It reminds me of reading Rainbow with a little bit of commercial. Hey, at the end. I, that was my favorite show as a child, so no surprise there. Everybody, that in, in Magic School Bus. Come on, somebody. Oh, oh, Danny. Okay, I'm so I'm even more excited now about getting deconstructing penguins. How long do you usually have the book club meeting last for? Ideally, it would be between an hour and a half and two hours, about 90 minutes to 120 minutes, because you don't want it to drag, but also you want to leave enough space for like if there's a moment of inspiration or the discussion's going really well, you can kind of milk it. And so typically 90 minutes to 120 minutes, hour and a half, two hours was kind of how long it took. Doing it in a host home brings such a wonderful, warm coziness. It doesn't feel like school. It feels more like it's like a club. Like it's like this kind of exclusive. I'm part of something special. Um, we did it in the library this past semester because our families are spread out at Prince Avenue Christian School. They're from a lot of different counties. So you got a family that's living who's going to host and they're willing to host and they're going to do a great job of hosting. If they live 45 minutes away, it can kind of be a, a big ask. And so I have some hardcore people who have been part of Undercover Book Club and they're ready to do it. But I find that if I want to just get more, you know, more recruitment and more successful, successful conversions of families who are going to actually buy in, doing it in the library. So I think what I might do next year is do our fall book club in the library and let people experience the magic and then possibly try to shift it and pivot to a hosted book club in the spring. The fact that you said hosting it within a home, it's just, there's something about having that, again, that bonding that you experience with the, the friends and, and the children. Yeah. And the meal. I love the meal too. I didn't get to the mention meal. that. There's just and it there's can be something about simple, eating. It can be as simple or as you want to put out the feast. I mean, you can make it however yes. you want. You know, people can pitch in, you know, people have pitched in for meals and, and everything. You can make it potluck. It's just, it's about getting together, man. It's about just getting together yeah, and sharing just, a story together. I love that. And it, because reading can be so isolating sometimes, if we're not careful, Ooh. it just Ooh, makes girl. it about us. But if we do it within a within a group, within a community of people, it enriches it so much, much yes, more. It it's a discussion of it. That's, I think, what we love. We read a good book and we want to discuss it. We want to talk about it. If we don't like the book, we have high opinions about it and we want to talk about it even more. So I think that. And I feel like when you're able to discuss a this. book with someone else, it cements in you. It doesn't just cement mm -hmm. in your mind, it cements in your spirit. Like, mm -hmm. like even as you talk it out, you stumble upon new insights. Mm -hmm. And so Courtney oh, yeah. and I, like, that's what we did with our books. When we, we've read a lot of books on marriage, not a lot. We have like a, our own personal canon, but like when yeah. we read like the five love languages or when I, when I read Date Your Wife by Justin Buzzard, which if there's any man 
or if any woman on here and you want your man to read a one book that's very short, yeah. like hundred pages, date your wife, date your wife, date your wife. I read it. I, I read it at the end of every year because it's one of those books that you read annually to remind you and to like, actually, I feel like I need to read it again. Like I need to, I need to read it again. <laughs> but anyway, my point is that reading and then discussing and talking opens up pathways that you, that otherwise just reading it to yourself and internalizing it don't offer. Absolutely. My little girls, she's getting, she's getting in on the action. She, she, so often she, I hear her like walking around the house, like going, will this be good for my podcast? (laughs) Like she's trying to get in. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to ask a few more questions. So Danny, I talked to you recently about my lack of good recommendations for boys. I have a few books to recommend that I kind of are my go-tos, but for the most part, I'm a little bit at a loss for books to share. What are some of your favorite books for boys, classic and contemporary? So classic, I would say Redwall. Redwall, Redwall, Redwall. And it's kind of funny when you ask me about classics, I feel like people have like certain like, are you thinking like Three Musketeers? Are you thinking whatever? I'm just saying like books that when I think contemporary. That's to this test of time. To the test of time. Great. I love that. And I feel like not just classic, but also if you reread them again, even like no matter what stage of life you would still, it would still be like enriching to you. So Redwall by Brian Jacques is just the whole series. I mean, there's like over 20 books, but if you want to meet a cast of characters that you will internalize and for boys who love action, adventure, risk, and the kinds that like... You discover when it's 10 p.m., 10.30 at night, a little light on in their room. And when you go to investigate, their child is still reading chapters of Redwall because they're like, okay, I just got to read the next chapter because I have to find out what's going to happen after the battle. Redwall is going to be one. And th- I don't know about reading aloud. I have not read aloud Redwall. There are some like pages and passages that are more about like very descriptive and setting and internal monologue. So I don't know about reading aloud, but for a boy to read on their own, Redwall, these are books that are like pretty long and lengthy. I would say those are for ones that are more accomplished readers. For ones that you're looking at that would, can I get a maybe a reluctant reader? Someone who is not, what I say, they're illiterate. They're not illiterate. They're illiterate. They can read, but they choose not to. Illiterate. I would say number one, Timmy Failure is hysterical. And it's just about this really goofy kid who opens up his own detective agency with the help of his trusty pet polar bear. And he wants to open up his, his detective agency to help his mom, who's kind of a little bit on the down and out. You know, she needs to help. She needs help making ends meet. This is the book that I read. You know, I, re- I was reading to myself and laughing hysterically. And my students were all picking up on it and checking the book out. And there, were, there was actually a wait list for that book in my own classroom library where the kids would say, Mr. D, when is Timmy Failure book three coming back? Because I've been waiting and so-and-so's had it checked out for a week or two. Another great book that I, I would say for accomplished readers would be The Bark of the Bog Owl by Jonathan Rogers. Which I have on Audible, but I have not read and I've really wanted to. If you've got a reluctant reader, let them listen to the audio version written or it's read by the author Jonathan. Him with a great southern accent brings it alive just i mean it's 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 a three book it's a three book trilogy and basically it's a modern retelling of the rise of king david with a southern southern twist so So, yes delightfully southern yeah (laughs) Uh, i would say the other one that if a family is willing to read and spend time with their children i would say snow treasure it's a great story um, about a group of children based on a true story who um who lived in Norway and they had to figure out how to smuggle gold bars out of their city right underneath the surveillance of the Nazi occupation and just the way like their plan their ingenious efforts to in the face of danger 
is something that will have a boy on the edge of his seat. And that's called Snow Treasure. It's by Marie Swiggin. Okay, so a friend of ours just, she loved this so much for her own kids when she read aloud to them. She found a copy at a yard sale. And so she's supposed to give it to me and I cannot wait to read it because she was talking about it. And she says, you need to read these kind of books because they're like winter books in the summertime in the South because yes. it's so hot here. So yes. I am so excited about that. But it's based on uh, true story and kids are I know. Like, all story, the better. Okay, no way, this is real true. Yeah, so like those are awesome. And there's a lot of action, there's a lot of suspense. But it's it's not disturbing or any and you know it's not something that's yeah. going to cause any kind of fright. So, um, Snow Treasure is terrific. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, so out of curiosity, what was your favorite book when you were young? Redwall. Redwall okay. for me, of was course, what took, was what took me. I think it took me from like reading as kind of like something that had to pass the time to like I'm a reading ninja. Like I'm taking the book with my mom. She and I are going to the grocery store, so I'll push the cart and read my book. Or we're going to Lowe's. Okay, mom, find me in the lumber aisle because it's the only place I yes. can sit. And I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be reading Mossflower. And, 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 and like if people come to me at the store like, son, are you lost? No, no, I'm not lost. In fact, I am very much found right now. I'm found in this book. My mom is going to come get me when she's done. And I was yes. even on hot days, on hot yes. days, I, I would wait in the car reading. You know, yes. Dan, my mom, Danny, do you want me to leave? No, 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 no. I'm no, going to yeah. roll the windows no, no. down. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. We yeah, good, exactly. You know yes. <laughs> so Redwall was the one that, that birthed the reading ninja, the serial reader that kind of trajected me. That's novel wise. The, the one that was more like shorter and something that I feel like more boys would appreciate. Classic Calvin and Hobbes comics. My Oh, I aunt, love Calvin and Hobbes. My so aunt, much. Talk about timeless. Talk about like as a kid, you're laughing over the hysterics of this six-year-old kid and like how he gets out of homework with his like, pretend imaginary stuff tiger like you're laughing all of his like just ridiculous like efforts to like get out of doing chores but then when you go back and read it as an adult oh 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 no it's like it's like you have vertigo <laughs> like like because you go back and how brilliant it is and how very how multi-layered how philosophical like just right. tremendous yeah bill Watterson oh, yeah. was was just he was, was amazing he, he was, was before his he time was, he really was i there still certain ones of those comic strips that I remember and that I like I will think about probably on like a monthly basis because yep. they're just so yep. Yep. so timeless they're just they are classics I love that yep. I'm so glad you brought my those up would those... Buy, my aunt would buy uh, anthology after anthology and I had like the complete anthology and I've got I've still got majority of them. I still also I also have some of them stored in my my office at the library school because there are some days where Calvin and you Hobbes is yeah. it's a must it is to survive the day. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Just to piggyback off the previous questions, do you have any tips for helping boys enjoy reading and anything to avoid that would hinder the love of reading for them? Yeah. So I, I don't want to hash my rehash my whole post. Again, this is with the guide about reading to boys. I would say like the number one thing, and there's more if you, if you go to our website and check out the blog, but the number one thing is please read to them. Please just read to them please like yeah they do that they do and mm -hmm. the problem is is that like boys get stereotyped i mean there are many stereotypes out there but yeah. boys have this like stigma like yeah you know like boys are only going to enjoy comics or like you know a video game and, and whatnot and so i'm telling you a boy is only one book away for me you know reading reading to a, reading to any child but especially reading to a boy it sends a subliminal unspoken message you matter i'm gonna sit down I'm yes gonna stop what mm -hmm. i'm doing 
and mm-hmm. you are you are worthwhile for me to 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 be shoulder to shoulder or on my lap and we're going to enjoy a story together reading aloud i can't express enough for, for teachers for parents for, for for mentors in the community whatever if you just you're one book away and you, all you got to do is like go find the right resources go go to read a lot of revival go to redeem reader go to some of the books i have mentioned before go to our website go anywhere there's plenty but you find the right book that's realistic that, that you can tackle within a certain amount of time it's got certain elements to it certain ingredients i'm telling you you can read aloud and you'll get kids hooked on reading i can't tell you how many times parent after parent i've got email after picture who said what did you do to my child like, oh, I love they, that. <laughs> they, are, they, they won't leave us alone because they want to now go get the rest of X series from their from their library. So that's that. The number one hindrance to reading. Can I say school? No, I won't say school. I won't do that. I won't no, I, I mean, I think that it. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> no, I, I, that's terrible. I'm, I teach at school. No. Yeah. Really, I think it's ignorance. I think the biggest hindrance is ignorance because you know, a lot of times yeah. we experience reading, right? Like this, this, like we have this package, we have this box and with the reading and it's these different methods. And with me, once I began to self-educate and get on grassroots research to, to basically just become knowledgeable about what are some of the best practices and methods and what are some things to avoid when it comes to reading. One thing I would say is like, don't recommend a child to a book and say, I love this when I was little, so will you, you know? If you're going to do that, at least read the book aloud to them. Read it cover to cover, right? Right. right. Go about it and just say, you know, if I if I enjoyed it and I loved it, boom, I'm going to read this book out loud and share it with you. And share it with the same enthusiasm, the same passion. If it's been a lot of years ago, make sure that you reread it because you're probably going to forget some of the things. I, what I love to do is I love yeah. to use my own best practices. I love to read a book first. I plan out when I'm going to stop reading as a cliffhanger. I like mark oh. little, little sticky notes. I yeah. write out the characters of the book in like the different kinds of accents that I'm going to do on, on a sticky note. I'm not typing this up and making it. I love it this. PDF. Yeah. I'm not. But those are yeah. some of the things that, that help me best prepare for the book when I'm going to actually read it out loud. Kind of like a script. Um, when, like if you're an actor yeah. or an actress. So in terms of like helping and hindering, those are some of the things that come to my mind. Hindering, I want to say another thing is like attaching assignments to it. You know, hey, I want you to read this book and I want you to provide a book report. I, you know, those are the kinds of things that for more like insight into this, again, Sarah McKenzie is a great resource to check out in terms of like helping and hindering. But yeah, you know, it's especially for boys because I feel like boys kind of like are, I don't want to say they're dealt with short straw. I think many people are dealt with short straw. But in my experience, in my journey, and where I'm at right now, boys sometimes have the cards stacked against them. Anyone who can be, they can be knowledgeable and they can be well-read in terms of like some, some of the books that I mentioned earlier, you know, The Enchanted Hour, a Real Out, Real Out Handbook. If you just go read those, how to inspire your child to love reading, you just find great books and you read other people who are inspired to, to read and, and then just sit down. Don't worry about I'm underqualified. No, you are qualified. You are very right. much qualified. You love stories. You love you love your child, your students. You are yes. the most qualified person. Sit down, direction over distance. Don't worry about all yes. the other peripheries or what people are seeing on Pinterest. You just direction over dint- yes. dis- distance and you just start the journey. That's that's like literally half the battle. So when I was a teenager, I don't know if I've shared this story before, but when I was a teenager, I have three younger brothers. And when I was a teenager, I read them The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis. And it started, I don't even know why I started reading it aloud to them. It was one night and we were just, we were reading it and that my baby brother, he had to go to bed. And then the other two older ones didn't want me to stop reading. And I was like, but Mikey's going to bed. They're like, we don't care. You can, you can catch up with him. And I read until I could not, 
Right. Well, I read until, so he went to bed and I read until I lost my voice. Like they did not want yes. me to stop. They loved the book. And to this day, I think that they love that. That was their favorite Chronicles of Narnia, but it's just a sweet memory for me to have like, to have that book had to have read with my little brother. So I was just thinking of it as you were talking. I was like, yeah, that was like a, just that, that bonding, everything that we, yes. we've said, is just kind of summed up in that, that little time. And just even with siblings, like you're talking, we're talking about parents and children, we're talking about teachers and their students, but also siblings, like as you get older, I think there's a wonderful, that's just creates a bond between the siblings as well. So I love all these things. Yeah. And spouse. Yes, exactly. All right, Danny, my little girl's getting restless, but I want to get in our quick round of literary questions. Oh, man. Hey, I'm excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Danny, what is the best book you've read in the last year? Because there's there's categories. The best book I've read this year, according to faith, is Making of the Making of a Christian by Paul Trulin. Which the I'm Making to read. of a Christian by Paul Trulin. Mariah Publishers in Canada has the rights to the manuscript. Okay. And you can get it from them. And I think the total cost, if you get it shipped to the U.S., is like 25 bucks or 30 bucks. It, you will see your Christianity in a, in a way. Oh, one, wow. of the, one, of, one of the memorable quotes is, is Christianity is not religion. It's not doctrine. It's not dogma. Although it contains those elements, mm-hmm. Christianity at its core Christianity is an exchanged life. Mm. It's an exchanged mm. life. And Paul, Paul Truly talks about just the life that mm. we have in Christ. And when Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ mm. lives in me. And he just, the making of a Christian. I, 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 would, I would recommend that. I would say the Bible is the most important for faith. The second best book that I've ever read the making of a Christian by Paul Truman. I oh, promise that's you. high praise. I so I cannot wait to get this one. And that's not just mine. This is from people who are in the ministry. Yeah. Okay. So for picture book, the best one I've read, oh, in this past year, I, I think Yuck You Suck is just ingenious. Okay. Yuck You Suck's ingenious. Um, it, I think it appeals to many readers of different ages and it's short in the illustrations. There's just so much happening. Um, so Yuck You Suck would be the picture book that I would recommend from the past year. For children's novel, I would say The Winged Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson. My daughter and I are on the last three hours. We, we were listening to it on the way to the beach. That's where we're at right now. We're on the final three hours of the, of the last book, the, Wolf, the, the Warden and the Wolf King. And listening to Andrew Peterson, my daughter, we've, we've listened to it as a family off and on, but the two loyal listeners who have not missed a single word together have been my daughter and I. She's only <gasps> nine. And That's so precious. The truths, this Andrew Peterson is a ninja. He, my head... It's, it's, it's been it's been so it's been so good to be able to enjoy those. So I would say yeah. Feather Saga is probably the best I've read in a year. And then for adult book, I would say again, Date Your Wife by Justin Buzzard. He's been tremendous, and, and that's the one that I would recommend for adults. So those are all the ones that I've read this past oh. year that I would highly recommend. Oh, those are wonderful. Okay, Danny, this is going to be a really hard one. What is your favorite book of all time? And you can say a couple. You don't have to. You know, we're not rigid here. Yeah. <laughs> Beside the Bible's number one. So I would say beyond that, you know, the Chronicles of Pre-Dane series are very meaningful to me because of just the value of, of me reading them to my wife. And yes. from that point, after I read those to my wife, her love of reading was rekindled. It was oh. it was transformative. Like she now averages as a busy mom of three, two or three books a month. And and That's these are awesome. not like I mean, these are yeah. like, you know, like most of them are adult books, but the fact that in this 
five book series, you know, I shared it with her. It's, I mean, and I know that if I read the book series now, I would get different things out of it because it's timeless. I mean, speaking of timeless, A.A. Milne's Pooh Bear. Um, yes. Just the, the Pooh Bear books. Pooh, read those for Milne's the first time a few years, last year or so. Yeah. Wonderful. They're so funny. The innocence, the humor, the wit. I mean, it's just, oh, A.A. Milne. I would say, man, uh, other favorite books. Like I said, favorite favorite graphic novel of all time has been The Faithful Spy about the life of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, his, his role in the plot to assassinate Hitler. But also the, the deep theological issue that he wrestled with, but mm. it's presented in a format yeah. with such rich illustrations. And anyway, highly recommend that. I would say uh, Clown. I can't think of the illustrator for all of Raul Dahl's books, but the illustrator- Quentin Blake. A, Quentin Blake wrote a wordless picture book that is called Clown. It's wordless. And I would say it's probably my, my favorite wordless picture book of all time. It's called Clown. Those are some of the ones that come to my mind. But this one, I agonized over this one as soon as I saw the... the, 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 the I know. <laughs> Everybody does. I was, I was like, ah, ah. Everybody does. And it makes you feel better. I wouldn't be able to do it either. So, <laughs> so that's those are some of the ones that come to my mind. Oh, awesome. Okay. What is a book you haven't read, but you've always meant to read or you've always wanted to read? Yeah, I saw... I agree with you. Lord of the Rings. I've ne- I haven't read yeah. the trilogy. I haven't. I haven't, I I haven't gotten into that. It, 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 it's, I, it I, seems I, like I have to almost kind of like, do I wait until I my kids are like graduated, right. they're out of the house, so I can just sit down? Right. I feel like I don't want to listen to the audio book. Yeah. I just want to immerse myself. Exactly. Right. So those are ones that kind of come to my mind. I would say there. I mean, there are some nonfiction books that have come across my uh, recommended list from different people. I've read all of the Chronicles of Narnia. I, I would say maybe if I if I were to reread a series, I think Chronicles of Narnia would be one that I need to reread because it's been since I was like a, a teenager that I've read them before. But I love that I series Lord, so much, Danny. Yeah, it's oh, been a while well. since I've read them, but I, mm. I mm. like Evangeline's mm. been watching or was like at the beginning of the sum, like spring. She was watching Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. She's four. I know, she, but she loved it. She loved it. So, yeah. Aragon series. I, 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 I like even I've the never read the saga. The thing, what the Wingfeather saga was on that, and now that I'm reading, I'm like, now I tell everybody else, and they're like, yeah, we've heard the Wingfeather. I'm like, I know you've heard of it. You need to go listen to it right now. Like, go listen to the author Andrew Peterson. Read him. Go, hurry up. Um, I know. But, I want to yeah, get his. I, I have them, the physical copies, but I want to hear his. I want to get the audible versions. Yes, hearing him read it. I mean, he, I don't think he can do better. I just don't. I really yeah. don't. Um, but Aragon's another series that a lot of people have told me about that have been. You know, that have been ones that I feel like I needed to read. But the, there are tomes, again, they're 500, 600 page epics, yeah. you know, spanning several <laughs> They're books. an investment, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so I forgot one other one. Uh, I've read these before. Highly recommend for anyone who wants to listen to a delightful audio book. It's called yeah. The Mysterious... Benedict Society? No, not Benedict okay. Society. Although that Mysterious Benedict Society... I've never read it. That I've never read that I need to read. Um, right. All of the Penderwicks, I need to read a separate book one. I've read book, book one of Penderwicks. Gosh, it's a series that I've Is it read. The Mysterious book, Howling? Mysterious Howling, but I'm trying to think of the series name. Because uh, The Mysterious Howling is book The one. Children of Ashton Place. Incorrigible Children. Incorrigible Children. Highly, highly recommend. Highly recommend the audio books. The, uh, the, the narrator, can't think of her name right now. She will have you rolling. Rolling. And this is- I'm Catherine Kilgren, right? Is it oh. Catherine Kilgren? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She's amazing or was Great amazing. Girl. She's passed away. She was so yes. good. 
so I mean, just I mean, I mean, I mean, above and beyond. So highly, highly recommend her. I highly recommend the incorrigible children of Ashton Place came across it from Read Aloud Revival as well. Sorry, I had to get my <laughs> I You're had good. to get glue for my little girl, so I was muting it for a second. For sure. <laughs> Which yeah, I have good. not actually read the incorrigible children of Ashton Place, but I listened to that episode. I have one of the books and I have listened to some of Catherine Kelgren's other books that she's narrated. She had narrated and she's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Another fun one. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know if it's an adult or middle grade. It kind of crosses the kind of crosses between, but it's the Flavia Deleuze series by Alan Bradley. Have you ever heard of those? They're a mystery series. Just thinking about audible or just really good auto audio books. Jane Entwistle narrates them, but it's about an 11 year old budding chemist who also solves murder mysteries. And it's, it takes place in the 1950s, and it is absolutely delightful. So I would recommend that. That just made me think when we're talking about the encourageable children of Ashton Place. Okay, if you could invite any author or literary character to dinner, who would it be? Let's say you have three to five people or characters to invite, and what would you serve? I see your face, and it's looking like, like this was a tough question. Um, um, uh, uh, yeah, I have to form sentences. Uh, so I would say. The cast from Winnie the Pooh. I would have them all. Perfect. I would have them all come ch- just chill and hang out with me, and we would just we would go romp in the Hundred Acre Wood. I'd probably also take them. I'd probably take them to the local park as well, and just see like what like I mean just what kind of what kind of like the shenanigans we could get we could get uh, involved in. I love um, this answer. <laughs> oh man, uh, I would also say, gosh, C.S. Lewis would be my homeboy. Oh, we right. would be tight. We would, right. we would we would eat pop tarts together because ah, I don't think anything <laughs> that I, could, I don't think anything I could cook would, would be like would be exquisite enough for him. Um, Andrew Peterson, like modern, like someone who's alive. Yes, Andrew Peterson. I want to pick his brain. John Hendricks. Right. Um. He he's he he he's not only has he written the Faithful Spy, but he has a number of picture books. And I would have him just come out. I want to watch him draw. I just want to watch them draw yes. and color. So those are just some of the people that that I would I would have come over. We would be we would just be wild and just have a good time. Maybe we play board games. I think I think we probably play some some uh, Spot It. I don't know if you ever played the card game Spot It. Um, Chick Fil A was giving them out a number of years ago, but now you can order them online. Spot It. I have not. Yeah, yeah. Spot It. Yeah, my three year old, my four year old, and five year old, they learned it when they were a little bit younger. And whenever <sighs> you want to get competitive, they're like, Dad, let's play Spot It. And it actually gets. I'm gonna have to learn this game. They can be adult guests. It's very simple, very quick to learn, and yeah, it's a riot to, to to play and watch. Oh, fun! Oh, that's so fun. You know, I I've always thought of this like who I who would I invite, and I don't know. I have I Flannery <laughs> O'Connor would be on there, and now recently Sigrid Unset, who wrote a very a talk about the tome, a really thick book called Kristen Lovren's Daughter. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it, Danny. But gotcha. yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I love that book so much. So I, she would be on my list. But C.S. Lewis, yes, and I love that you said the cast of Winnie the Pooh. That would just be perfect. A picnic in Hundred Acre Woods. I mean, how could you think of anything more delightful or a better way to just spend an yeah. ordinary day? No, talking with them. I just, <laughs> just I just I'm, love that. I'm just going to be thinking about that all day. That was just the perfect answer. And we would, of course, we, we need to go find heffalumps, like me and Piglet. All right, like, you have to and, go. And let's let's <laughs> go find some of these heffalumps and just and just see if we can catch one. Exactly. Have you seen the new Winnie the Pooh movie? I think with you and McGregor. It was a few years ago. Mm-mm. People keep oh, telling me you don't do TV. To. You don't do TV. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> 
it's very you it's, said, it's, like, just don't know superman yeah one. yeah it's a good it's a it's a good one it was it was a sweet one basically uh, like I if i'm gonna if, I, if like if i'm gonna get in front of like if i'm gonna go watch a movie i want to walk away going you know what i spent my time well it was worth it yes exactly because there's then, been so many I, times I where like yeah i don't find that as often with books where i'm like i just wasted all my time <laughs> yes so, yes yeah Okay, last question. You've shared so many book recommendations throughout this whole episode, but Danny, do you have any other book recommendations to share? Oh man, I'm curious to see the count of like how many that we've we've talked about. I, I, it's got to be at least. 40, I know me too. <laughs> Forty plus. I mean, it's it's been a lot. Man, um, I don't know if I can share specific books i can tell authors um i have been really into tom lichtenheld he's a picture book illustrator and he does um one big pair of underwear he does all the good night not sherry dusky rinker sherry dusky rinker does all the good night good night construction site books but tom lichtenheld is a delight oh tom lichtenheld does one big pair of underwear and he does all of these shark versus train like he does all these like outrageous scenarios of like Fine. who would win this kind of stuff yeah uh, but it's, it's not the who would win series it's different but if you just look at tom licton health wonderful illustrator and every boy that i've ever put i've ever put books in front his books in front of they've been just en enraptured by them same thing with sherry dusker rinker doing the good night good night construction site i love i've, I've recently come across fire a hater she's written Salboat, but she's also written alfie um alfie the the turtle that disappeared i've been really feeling her that looks like great recently. illustrations yeah oh oh Oh, oh, the watercolor. What? Oh, those what? are amazing. <gasps> and then um, another one, actually speaking of watercolor, this one right here, we read this a day for sandcastles and this was delightful too. My, my, even my that kids now can recognize. That looks so darling. Yeah, my kids are go, watercolor. Like they can actually figure out the, the illustration. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. I love to um, hear that. I would say uh, uh, in terms of author, illustrator, uh, there was another one that I was trying to think picture book wise. Anything by Judy Shackner. She does all of the, the, the um, she does all of the uh, Skiba John Jones books. Um, but yeah, so those are just some of the ones that like are right now are right up my, my, my alley and that um, that I've really enjoyed. And then Wing Feather Saga, I'm just finishing it right now. If I, I mean, if I had my notebook in front of me, I could tell you a bunch of other ones. You'd have um, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So have, is this your first time to read Wing Feather all the way through or you've read it all the way through before? So you know what's going to happen. Wing Feather, uh, we've read all the, the first three and we've listened to them all. I, as okay. far as, are you asking in terms of read aloud? No, I'm just asking for your personal. No, I, I mean, we, we, we listened, we listened to, uh, we've listened to all of them, the audiobooks from Andrew Peterson. We've done books one, two, and three with some of them with members of the family, but all of them either with, always has been with my, myself and Ava, my five-year-old. And yeah, I mean, the two of them are long. They're like 10, 12 hour long. And we've, we've, we've oh, yeah. hung on every word. Well, whether we were driving to school, driving home, going to church, yeah. we're, we're plugging it in and, and listening to it. But I would say if you, if you're willing to share the experience with the child, I would say, especially if it's a child who is illiterate, in other words, a reluctant reader, I would say you and the child listen together on road trips, going here and there for errands. But I would wing feather. Yes. Yes. And yes. I, I would say it, it would, it, it might take it might take a little bit of a while. You know how it is when you first get into a book and you're trying right. to get used to the language yeah. and how the mm -hmm. author communicates and depicts. And exactly. It's basically you're entering their world and you're needing a little right. bit of a, of a safari, a tour, an introduction. Right. And so once you I get love that into description. like, once you kind of, all right, now I know the language, not English, not 
But once I know the right. literary, the authorial language of the author, um, Wingfeather Saga will take you on flights and you'll and you'll beg to read read slash listen to the next one. I have friends who have read it and said that the last book, the end, just I haven't gotten they've there. sobbed. They said they sobbed. So there. I can't really, I can't you'll have to oh, tell me. No. You'll have to let me know. Oh, well, Danny, this has just been such a delight. And for the listeners don't know, but we had quite an ordeal trying to get this recorded, just some technical difficulties, but you have been a wonderful guest. I have enjoyed this so much. This has been too long in the making. So this has been absolutely wonderful to sit down and talk with you. And I want you to come back and we will do a deep dive on Roald Dahl. (laughs) It's a guarantee. Now that I know I have a fellow fan. Yes, I, I'm I'm all for it, and I, again, I Beth, I'm a huge fan of yours. And oh, anyone who listens you, to Well Read Life, don't stop. You get inspired. Yes, uh, you you inspire thank me you. To, to pick up a, a number of adult mystery books, specifically one that my wife and I listened to on the way back of a trip in West in, in Virginia. We went to a wedding up at a, a near Liberty. We listened to, and then there were none. Yes. Uh, yes. Did Dan Stevens so, narrate it? Uh, I think so. I think it was. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. It's wonderful. Uh, yes. <laughs> But that was one of uh, like, oh my yeah. goodness, like yeah. just the yeah. suspense is dripping, just like oh my, oh man, yes. like, I, it's I, chilling. I, I, I can feel chilling. I can feel like I'm there. I'm like, I don't want to be the next one. Sorry, Angelie. Hey, sweet girl. <laughs> she, she said bye. Yeah. You, 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 and, you and my kids are gonna have a play date soon. Bye. Yes, exactly. Beth, Beth, Beth has been Beth. You, you are a tremendous resource. Don't stop. Oh, we, thank we, you. We thank are, you. we are, we are blessed by, by, by your work. Oh, well, thank you. And I cannot wait to check out the YouTube channel and everyone, please do the same and your blog. So send me all those links and I will put them in the show note, Danny. And again, this has just been a delight. So thank you so much. For sure. My pleasure. Well, that's all for this week. I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. In the meantime, if you would like to connect, you can email me at beth at a wellreadlife.com. You can also find me at my website, awellreadlife.com. And I am sometimes on Instagram at wellreadbeth. I don't check it very often, but I will do my best to get back to you if you leave me a message. In the meantime, happy reading. Until next time. 